I just think right now, women, especially in business, this is the year of women. I just know that. Life begins at 150 grand a year. Life gets better at 250, and life gets real good at 500. Nobody can tell me differently on it. When you start teaching something, I feel like that's when you start to master the actual art of it. You and I, when we publish a book, we can go toe-to-toe with any of the New York trade publishers, any of the big-time authors, and we get to compete in that marketplace and then let the market decide whether our stuff is good. People forget sometimes as an entrepreneur, the whole damn point of entrepreneurship is to make money. And now here is The Win with your hostess, serial entrepreneur, marketeer, and chief sexy boss. Have you ever wanted to stop the nine to five grind and start your own company? Do you want to have more control of your income and your time? Then now is that moment to start and grow a successful business. As a female entrepreneur, I have succeeded. I have bit the dust. I have bounced back to growth and prosperity. But this would not have been possible without first taking the leap and owning my own business. But I didn't do it alone. I hired my first business coach 13 years ago. And now I help small businesses, solo practitioners, and professionals double their income and triple their time off. So let me help you too. My gift to you today is a free one-on-one strategy session. So go to coachwithheather.com, coachwithheather.com. And let me help you double your income and triple your time off. Hi, everyone. This is Heather Havenwood, and welcome to another version of Like a Boss Insights with Entrepreneurs, Badasses Like You. Now, today I have someone on the line who considers himself and overcoming himself as a ruthless prick. So I think this is going to be. Just that alone is going to be an amazing interview for sure. So I don't know if it should be like like a boss and I'm going to be interviewing people that are no longer ruthless. But either way, welcome to like a boss and Jonathan Kaiser. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Um, I think it's, we'll talk about it in a minute what that means. We'll go down that road in just a second. But before I kind of go into that, I'm going to read your cool bio. So Jonathan Kaiser is the inspiring founder and thought leader behind Kaiser, the largest commercial real estate tenant brokerage firm in Arizona and one of the fastest growing in the country. Jonathan's selfless service model resonates with corporations and individuals seeking a competitive edge to acquiring and maintaining clients. Best-selling author of you don't have to be ruthless to win. National speaker and media contributor, Jonathan's, Jonathan Kaiser Institute inspires, trains, and equips the next generation of non-ruthless pricks. I'm adding that actually into your bio. I, like that. I might just keep that. That's good. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a nice hashtag. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it is. It is. So okay. So I really had to start with that. I'm sorry, but you know, sorry, not sorry, to be honest. Ruthless prick. So I go to your Instagram and it says I'm no longer a recovering ruthless prick. When did, when was the first awareness that you're like, God, I'm kind of a ruthless prick and there might be another way. Was that a moment from your wife? Like what happened? No, what, what happened was I was raised by parents who taught me to love and serve and give and do the right thing and help other people. Yeah. But we were always poor. We were broke. And I didn't like being broke. So I decided 
that I was going to make some money. And I got into commercial real estate brokerage because I thought that I could make a lot of money. And what I didn't know when I got into commercial real estate brokerage was how ruthless it was. And everybody's scratching, clawing, fighting, backstabbing. And so I said, okay, if this is the game. I'm going to play the game. And I play the game to win. And so I became the most ruthless prick of them all. And my goal was to get as much for me as possible at the expense of everybody else around me. Yeah. And, and while I was making money, I was miserable because I was misaligned with my core values. I was operating fundamentally different from how my parents raised me, but I felt trapped. I felt like there wasn't another way. I felt like I had to be this way to be successful in a ruthless industry. So, okay, so let's talk about that for a second. Let's go. It was an intentional choice. All right, well, let, let's talk about where you are in the journey. So when you were, let's say, this aha moment of I'm a ruthless prick and there's another way. Yes. An idea of like what your, like your bank account was fine at the time. It was probably very healthy. Yes or no? Yeah, we were, we were good. We were doing well. We had some good stuff in the hopper for sure. Okay, so then there must have been some mental break of something. I mean, maybe not mental break, but something that had this aha moment. Of, yes. What was, what was that? So I went to a conference. I was about six years in being a prick, miserable, but making money. I go to this conference and this guy gets up and he starts talking about success through service. And I'm looking at him and I'm thinking, is this guy the real deal? Like, is he really doing this stuff? Or is this just a shtick that you say in front of audiences to sound like a good guy? So I went up afterwards and I said, hey, just, do you really do this? He said, yeah. I said, well, how does it work? Like, how do I actually, like, I've never heard of this before. How come nobody else is doing this? He says, it takes too long. I said, how long does it take? He said, it'll take you about five years. He said, what would I have to do for five years? He said, basically, you're going to stop selling. You're going to sell no more. And all you're going to do is help everybody that you can. I go, wait a minute. You're telling me that if I go home, stop selling, which I'm doing a pretty good job of, and start helping everybody that I can, then I'm going to be successful? And he said, yeah. And I okay. said, how'd that go? I said, is there anybody else doing this? He said, there's one other person in the world doing this. I tracked that guy down. He gave me the same answer. Gave me a book called Never Eat Alone by Keith Ferrazzi, who has since become a friend. And I decided that I was going to change my entire focus and I was going to go all in. And so I came back to Arizona, threw my old business plan away, got involved in the community and asked every single person, how can I help you? And I did that for five years and it was a brutal five years. And everybody lost faith in me, was making no money, went broke. Even my wife was like, Jonathan, are you sure that this is a good strategy because we're broke and, you know, you're working really, really hard, but I could just feel it. I could feel that it was working. I could feel that what I was up to was planting seeds. And that's, and that's what the speaker told me. He said, Jonathan, this strategy is different from what, what, you, what you're used to doing in commercial real estate brokerage or any other sales oriented kind of industry. Mm -hmm is you're used to selling. Mm -hmm. This is different. This is serving. And so it's like planting seeds of trees that take a long time. You water them, you nurture them, but then they grow. Like I have this lemon tree in my backyard. And this thing is now a nuisance because there's more lemons than I can handle. But back in the day, I couldn't get anything out of it. So that's the same kind of thing. And after five years, I'd helped enough people where those people started appreciating me and referring me business. And so that was kind of the catalyst of hearing the speaker, reinventing myself, and now building a firm on it um, to prove to others that you could actually do this and be successful. So 
Are you more successful than you were in the past as far as financially? Yeah. I mean, we have the largest firm of our kind in the state. I was just an independent broker at the time doing pretty well, not like amazingly well, but I was doing pretty well. And now, you know, we have one of the more successful firms in the state and we're rapidly growing and we have an extraordinary client list and everything that we're about. So my second epiphany moment was here I was now successful. I'd gone from laughing stock in the company to top producer. Now here I am feeling constrained by the culture of a traditional firm. But I was frustrated. I didn't know what to do. I never really thought of myself as an entrepreneur. So in an aha moment in Sedona, which if you're familiar with Sedona, is kind of a place for aha moments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. I've been there. So I'm sitting in the hot tub staring at the amazing mountains and all of a sudden it hits me and it's like, Jonathan, you're thinking too small. You have the opportunity to actually teach this to other people and show them that they don't have to be ruthless to win. Hence the start. And so I left my old firm, started Kaiser with a hope and a dream. And, uh, you know, when I started this, I thought that most people would think I was crazy. And there's still plenty of people that do. And I respect that. This isn't for everyone. But 80% of people really resonate with this message. I mean, people are sick and tired of not being able to trust their commercial real estate broker. They know they're conflicted. They know they're all about themselves. And so to have an option where somebody's standing for something and saying, here's what we stand for. When I was in that hot tub, staring at the mountains in Sedona, I said, what, what would be ideal? Like if I could just create the utopian commercial real estate firm, what would that look like? And yeah. I started writing those things down. And today we've built 15 cooperating principles that embody the culture. And that's what we teach as part of the Kaiser Institute. Okay. That's in- okay. Great. So that's interesting. So this, what, so for, first of all, there's a couple of things. When you talk about this guy sitting on stage and he's talking about being selfish and says, anybody doing this, then no, no one's doing it. I, mean, I yeah. really agree with that. I mean, there's people that are doing selfless service. There's a lot, I mean, you know what I mean? At some level. Yeah. But all in, probably not. I don't know. I'm not having a conversation with them right now, but I mean, at the same time, it's like, okay, no one's doing it, but what, what was just curious? What was this particular, this particular person? Why was he sharing this specific message? Was it only commercial real estate kind of thing? One of those kind of things. It's only in that niche. Yeah, it was like a, it was, the title of it was networking. So it was, it was framed as a way to build relationships. Yeah. Well, and so I think that's probably what most people took away is just, you know, go build relationships, which is great. But I heard the underlying message, which was a transformative lifestyle opportunity that could lead to extraordinary business success. So today I believe that selfless service, don't miss this, is actually the most selfish strategy out there. I believe that if you want to be the most successful you can be, the more people you help, the more you will personally get. And it creates an extraordinary experience along the way. Back in the day when I was a dick, people used to like think I was a prick and I would tell them that I was a nice guy and they wouldn't believe me. Now all I do is try to help people and people say nice things about me. It's extraordinary, right? And all I've really done is shift the focus from me to them. So everybody that I'm with, my only focus is how can I serve you? How can I help you? How can I be of you know service to you in a way that doesn't come back to me? It's not just hey, let me look at your real estate lease so I could renegotiate it, help you, and make a commission. It's what does that person really need? How can I really serve them? And that's what I mean by there's really very few people doing it. Sure, there's people that are helping others in the world. Everybody knows that. This isn't like, Jonathan, what an amazing idea to help other people. 
right? This isn't that. This is the idea of, wow, in an industry as ruthless and predatorial as commercial real estate brokerage, what if you didn't have to be ruthless? Mm. There was nobody that I could model. There was nobody doing it. And so now our whole mission is to say, look, look at us. We're not perfect, but we're proving every single day that you can have extraordinary financial success by helping other people. So we're a referral-only company. Referrals pour into our firm, and all we do is help as many people as possible. In commercial real estate brokerage, that's very unique. Okay, so let's talk about other businesses outside of commercial real estate. Sure. In the world of uh, local business, it kind of just makes sense to me. Commercial real estate, realtor, let's call it lawyers. You know, like I can kind of see where it would service go. Service providers. Yeah. Yeah, service providers. I can see like going to different social groups locally. How can I help you? I'm here to serve. Like I can see that. But let's talk about more, let's say online businesses or coaches or someone who has an e-commerce company. I mean, if they're not selling, they're not eating. So how? What would you say to that? Right. No, I think it's a great point. So here's what I would say is the idea of selling, I think, is an antiquated perspective in today's world. Because I think what people are really looking for is someone they could trust, right? Whether yeah. you're online, whether you're in person, whether you're over a conference call across the world, it doesn't really matter. People are looking for someone who's going to stand for something and they want that something to be them. If they want to hire you. They want, you, they want to know you're going to deliver and deliver above and beyond at what you say you're going to do. And so selling to me is this idea of self-promotion. And what I think of, my version of selling is serving. It's mm -hmm. showing them through my actions of how committed I am to them. And then it almost becomes a, an afterthought that you're their real estate broker helping them negotiate their office lease or find the new manufacturing facility or you know, roll out retail locations across the country. We get our clients not by going in and saying, here's this amazing PowerPoint and look at me. I'm a 20-year veteran in commercial real estate and I'm the greatest on the planet and here's all my big deals. That's all the commercial real estate brokers do. This is about figuring out their business, their world, and figuring out ways that we can help them above and beyond. Like this morning. This morning we were meeting with a prospective client. We didn't talk about Kaiser at all. We spent the entire time talking about what are his challenges in this organization made three or four important connections for him. And he left going, I love you guys. Now, did we ask for the business? No. But the next time that he has something relative where we could help him, he's going to automatically think of us because we went above and beyond to help him versus showing up and trying to sell him and tell him how great we were. Okay. Got it. So in the world of like outside online businesses, what I'm hearing is just kind of like a giving piece first. Push value. Yep. Yeah, giving value and whatnot. All right, so let's. So, so here's the thing that's coming up for me. It's I think that I'm just you know I'm always listening from the listener perspective of like that sounds great. He's a successful commercial real estate broker. Like I can't relate to that, you know. Whoever is listening to that, how can I do something where I'm just over here as a coach, say business coach or something like that? There's a lot of coaches out there and entrepreneurs. How can they use this? this principle, so it sounds like it's a principle process to yeah. actually turn their business and life around. That is a good question. So I'll say a couple things. Number one is that's part of what the Kaiser Institute is for yeah. to train and empower executives, to train and empower entrepreneurs. I work with a lot of coaches, right? It's, it's all the same thing because no matter who your potential client is, they're a person. 
even if you're, you're they're connected unless you're selling to computers you're you're connecting with people and so the question is how can you push as much value as possible across the goal line before expecting anything in return and what if you could turn off the expectation and just find all the people that you would love to have as clients and spend all your time figuring out how to help them mm. business comes in now here's the big point here's why very few people do it it takes so long it takes a long time so in the middle of this reinvention of yourself it makes sense to not always just go all in like I did you know you could incrementally start doing this you could just do one act of selfless service a day and then you could do two and then you could do three and eventually you start thinking every interaction I have with another person whether it's online whether it's this all I'm thinking is what do they need how can I serve them how can I push value to them because those end up becoming the trusted advisors that are the stickiest clients versus yeah. I'm going to go RFP and whoever whoever does it for the cheapest you know we be, we become where people literally their jobs we have CFOs who will go to their CEO and say if you don't hire Kaiser to help us with our real estate leases we quit like why would they ever want to take that kind of self risk it's because we've done so much for them that they believe in us and they want to help us back now we're not forcing that we're not telling them to do that they're doing that on their own accord because they appreciate so much of what we've done but that's a long process, right? It's, well, it's definitely the long game versus, you know, I could definitely tell from a real estate perspective, I'm thinking realtor, real estate, you know, commercial, lawyers, accountants, anything like that. I feel like they are kind of a center hub to uh, so many other things. You know, you yes. see back in the day, we would go to our accountant for a recommendation for a lawyer or vice versa, or, yep. you know, there was these things called referrals and connections and, and networks, you know, and that really isn't like that much anymore. We used to go to the realtor and be like, Hey, I need a new dry cleaner. <laughs> you know what I mean? They became a center hub. Yes. What I'm trying to wrap my head around is how entrepreneurs can do that. If they're not what I call inside the lo of local market. I think one of the things I know for myself and a lot of entrepreneurs that I've dealt with is that because we're not local, you know, that we do lose that kind of connection of going to, let's say, a BNI group every week or a Rotary every week or whatever their thing is or whatnot and, and what I call working the community, you know? And I think there is something to be said for that. I think it's huge. I, I do sometimes think that that's very, very, very uh, valid and good. At the same time, I'm looking for more of, a, of the world we're in today where there's so many people in business that are virtual and freelancers and they're getting paid that people get paid for their time, not deals. They get paid for like, how can I help you? Well, I need free graphic. Well, like I get paid for graphic. Like what was it giving you for free? Like people, I can hear people like Heather, I, there's only so much I could give when I need like to be paid, you know? So when they're definitely being paid for their time or their coaching or their actual service, right? Yes. So how does this play out? I think, I think you have a lot of good questions in there that are, I'll, I'll unpack a couple of them. Number one, we do a lot of business outside of Arizona. So majority of our states, we're very familiar with non face to face. And this isn't about traditional networking, right? I think that's okay. what sometimes gets lost in this message. It's not about going to groups, shaking hands, and asking for leads. This is a different mindset. It's a mindset of how can I serve? How can I serve? So for any entrepreneur, 
for any graphic artist sitting in their basement delivering <laughs> value to someone, who are the potential clients that they could work with? Understanding that it's a competitive world out there, how do you differentiate yourself by pushing value? I'm not saying give your services away. We get paid for what we do, right? We get paid to help people negotiate their leases. We get paid when they want to buy a building. We get a commission. But what we're doing in advance is serving them so many ways. Here's things that they should know in advance. Like we're just constantly trying to push value their direction. And I think that's kind of where the world is going to anyway. So like from a content perspective, if you're just sitting back saying, read my proposal, sign it, and then we can get started. There's a much more of an assumption today that you're going to be already kind of assisting and helping. I know a lot of coaches that'll do a free 15 minute call where they'll really try to understand the person. They're not doing it to sell. They're doing it to really show them what a coaching session could look like and get to the heart of the matter quickly. Or somebody could say, here's some examples of my work. Maybe this could work. If you want something more customized, try this. It's, it's trying to figure out even beyond what your services are, what they might need. The majority of what we do is helping people connect with other people, whether that's potential clients for themselves, right? Mm -hmm. Get in their world. What do they need? Helping them, you know, helping them find jobs, helping them, their kids find uh, internship opportunities. Like there's so, we have so many more connections than we realize or think yeah. about that we don't utilize to help others. So if we come from a mindset of always helping others, you know, in the car today, I pull in, I get out my phone and somebody's asked me for something. It took me 15 seconds to introduce this person to someone else that I knew would be interested in the concept that they had. They're talking, they're both psyched. And all I did was do a simple act of service. That had nothing to do with real estate, right? So it's like whatever community you're in, yeah. if you're in a community online that, that there's no potential customers, you may want to find another business, right? But <laughs> wherever your potential customers are, figure out what do you need to do to help these people? How do you serve them? How do you assist them? How do you identify areas in their lives that you can push real value across the table and become that trusted hub, regardless of whether they're in China and you're in the US or Japan or London or next door? Hmm. Okay, cool. So you, so why five years? It's an interesting time frame. Did the guy just say that and you found it true or did it really turn around for you in three or four years? Well, so I'm glad you asked that question because I think if I was going to do it over, I could do it quicker for this main reason. Mm. I was still looking at it for the first few years as a tactic. I was looking at it as, okay, I understand human nature. If I, it was, it was still a manipulation. It was, if I yeah. give to this person, there's a natural part of them that's going to want to give to me back. And then I would keep track. And if they weren't doing what I asked them to do, then I would cut them off. Right. And so it's like, that was my original mindset, part of my ruthless self trying to convert, not really knowing how and not seeing it. And when my executive coach helped me realize that I was completely, utterly full of shit and that I was manipulating the world and manipulating people, when I saw that, I was horrified. I didn't really even realize it. It was, it was a blind spot for me. And that's when I decided I'm just going to serve everybody that I can and not keep track. And that's when it took off. So I think one, it just takes time to build a relationship where you're helping people. So that's just a natural part of it. And the more people you help, I mean, if you just want to get a few clients, just pick, okay, here's the top 10 people that if I really wanted them as clients, what if I just went, rather than spending all my time thinking about me and putting PowerPoints together and putting proposals, what if I just really researched those 10 people and said, what are cool things that I could do to just help them? 
you'd have all 10 as a client before long, right? So that's kind of the first piece. The second piece is, I don't think that there's enough recognition that people are really just people looking for somebody to, that likes them and cares about them. And so by leading with that, by showing that, by demonstrating that, whether it's in an email, whether it's in a text, whether it's in, you know, whatever it is, Instagram, whatever you're doing, Instagram. just love how can I help you? Um, okay, I get that. I think there there's definitely a principle from a manipulation sales tactic way, right? Give and you receive, give, 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 give. I think in my experience, but maybe that's my hesitation with this, is that I have, like for instance, I don't know how familiar, I don't know how like active you are on LinkedIn. I, I have no idea, but I'm very yeah. active on LinkedIn, like extremely. So I have like 26,000 followers and I get, you know, in mails nonstop. And what I get is like, hi, I'm, you know, Patrick or whatever. And uh, Jonathan Kaiser and I'm commercial real estate, let's just say. And then that's not how we roll. Right. Like, and then how can I help you? And I get a lot of like, how can I help? Now here's where it lands for me. Okay. Just like for me is like, I get that a lot, believe it or not. That like little snippet I didn't get that from you, by the way. I'm just making that up. But that little snippet, like who I am is, this is what I do, and how can I help you? Here's where it lands for me. Now, I'm a woman, okay? And what that shows me is, oh, did I ask for help? Are you trying to need help? Trying to fix me? Like, that is seriously my automatic. Now, men love helping. Men love fixing, right? If I have a man come to go, how can I help? Like, I didn't know if I asked for I didn't ask for help. Like, I can't do it. So I don't know if that's an automatic for the men and women thing, but I know that I get that a lot. And usually times I just, you know, don't respond, but there's been for some reason the other day, maybe I was just like on my little, I was made my ruthless prick myself. And I was like, I didn't ask for help. Why do you think I need help? Does it look like I need help? You know, it has a different kind of negative, sometimes a connotation. Now I could I be wrong, but I think there needs to be a relationship a little bit before you'd be like, you know, you, how do you need help? Cause it does sound like, you're worthless and you must need help on life. I love all those points. I mean, I think two things as takeaways. Well, number one, I agree. So maybe you reiterate that. I completely agree. It's not about cold calling using different words. That's just right. More. Right. Like, Hey, this is, you know, Heather, yeah. Hey Jonathan, you don't know me, but like, how can I help you? You'd be like, yeah. I'm good. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah thanks. Um, I think, I think an important point is number one service always has to be a choice. So what does that mean? That means I'm never, ever, 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 ever obligated to help anyone that I don't want to, ever. Because as soon as you mention, it's no longer service. And that's where I think this message gets really lost. It's like yeah. I get people all the time, Jonathan, I thought you were Mr. Selfless Service. How come you won't do this for me? Because I don't want to. Because I decide in my own free will that that's a no. Because I only have so much time. So part of, there's a really great book called Give and Take by Adam Grant. And what he talks about in that book is how givers are both the least successful people on the planet as well as the most successful people on the planet. And, what he, and, the, and, the, and the kind of the moral of the story is why. And it's the people that can't say no, go broke. Yeah. Takers and the ones that are strategic and choose how and where and how um, and, and, and when they're going to serve, those are the ones that really have success. So what I tell people is, look, this isn't about holding hands, singing kumbaya. This is a mindset with your interactions. Don't change your day. I'm not telling you, if you're listening to this and you hear this, 
hear me clearly. I'm not telling you to quit your job, walk down the street, and everybody you bump into say, how can I help you? Now, you actually, that actually might work, actually, but <laughs> no, no, I'm telling you to do that. That's not something, I mean, you might be on TV. I don't know, maybe I should just go do that. I was, I'll be like, <laughs> I, I gotta go. Down the block, walk in the country. Um, but what we're saying is, if you are saying, here's all the people business with, how can I serve them? You intentionally choose to do it when you're going to do it, and nobody else is compelling you. Mm-hmm. Those interactions are going to be so much more powerful than any kind of sales-oriented interaction, right? Well, you're describing coming into your LinkedIn inbox. Yeah. That's sales. That's sales. That's not real service, mm-hmm. right? Real yeah. service is what, does he- what would benefit Heather that I could do confidentially that she'd never know was me? And then she'd be sitting there trying to figure out who did this. That's the kind of thing where you could do some really cool things, not like forcing you to act so that I can engage with you. And it's really a selfish act, but I'm pretending like it's not. So let me, let me share uh, a, I'm going to share a story and then I want to get your take on it. Okay. Because I have a lot of, I don't know this, this particular story. I'm like, I'm, I'm thinking about a lot in this conversation. I'm like, I'm curious what you say. So there is a gentleman that I know um, about a year ago. We saw each other off and on at the time. And he, man, he was selfless. He was very involved in his church. He was a mortgage broker by trade. And he gave, he was constantly having lunch and dinner and breakfast with people and was very, very connected in the community and, and giving and he'd have lunch. And then he, and he also did a lot of, uh, you know, counseling for people um, and divorce and whatnot. He was constantly, every time I talked to him, he was with somebody, you know, having a three hour lunch or a two hour lunch or whatever, and helping them with their whatever problems in life. He was broke. Okay. Like broke, but he knew a ton of people. He, everyone loved him. Everyone. I remember him saying, Oh yeah, I'm going all day Saturday to go help this woman move all day. I'm like, like all day. Yeah. Okay. All day. And he would do this all the time. He'd take his truck. He would, and I know he's serving the church and there's, there's these pieces. I feel like, okay, I get that. Like he's helping and serving. I get it. But like to a point where I'm like, you need to be focused on your job. You know what I mean? Or you don't need money. And I, part of my brain was like, okay, I get about the church and that you're serving and he loves to help people. But I, he was helping people with like divorce and he was doing life coaching and that. I go, why aren't you charging? I literally to a point, I said, you know what? I'm done with this. You've got to start charging for this. You're really helping people through divorce and they're, they're spending two hours of your time. That's called therapy. You should be at least charging $125 an hour. He's like, I should. I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah, you should. There's a, you know, and he started to a little bit when he, we were dating, cause also, also that doesn't work for me when you're dating me and you're spending three hours. I'm like, what the heck? So at the same time, but I realized, I mean, I, I liked it cause he was like, so service. Everyone liked him. And it was great. He was so connected. That's cool. And everyone liked him. Oh, I haven't liked him. Everyone liked him. I'd rather have money than be liked. I'm sorry. So it felt like it's very, and we broke up. Right. But it felt very like he had to choose between yeah. the two. What, what do you say about that? Maybe yeah. I'm seeing it right. Or maybe, I'm curious. No, I, I think I think you are seeing it right. I think <clears throat> part of why part of why I'm a unique messenger for this cause is because I'm not some I'm not ta- I'm not I'm not a religious guy that's saying you should do this because it's the right thing to do. I'm I am not doing that. That is not my message. 
there are a lot of good acts and opportunities for acts of service in the world that anyone can do that delivers zero revenue to the bottom line. And I think they're all great and you should do whatever you like, but that's not what I'm talking about. Yeah. 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 Okay. I'm talking about a business strategy. I'm talking strategery here, right? This is not, I'm, you can probably tell from just being with me in this interview, I'm a pretty motivated, aggressive, hardworking dude. No, you're and so I'm very passionate yeah. about what I'm doing. Yeah, you're timid. You're timid and so shy. I'm not afraid. I'm not timid. And I'm certainly not about wasting time. Okay. Right. So right. See, that's what I'm I feel like he was wasting time. And I was always like, dude, time is important. What are you yes. doing? Yes. So here's what I say. Here's my, read the book if you really want the cool answer. Because you should read it. You'll love it. But here's the short answer. Focus on impact. And when I say impact, I'm not talking about like saving the starving children. I'm talking about impact like how can, if the person that you're serving was moved by your act of service, what impact could that have on you financially? Mm -hmm. okay. It's forcing you to narrow who you serve. Sounds like he was coaching a bunch of people that were in need that he probably should help by saying, call this professional person and I'm going to do what I do right, right. now. Right. That said, I still spend a lot of my time doing those same types of activities. Mm -hmm. Like I become a confidant to many, many people. I'm trustworthy. Yeah. I don't break their trust and wise apparently. And so that becomes a useful tool, but I'm not just going out in the world and saying, who has a problem? Call me because I got nothing better to do. I'm focused on building a business. And within that, I just approach who I want to do business with, who I want to partner with. And instead of thinking about me in those interactions, I try to push so much value across the table to them that it overwhelms them. And so I'm constantly leading with giveaways. But that doesn't mean I'm saying, okay, now I'm going to take your entire real estate portfolio. I'm going to manage all your leases. I'm going to renegotiate them all, relocate them, and I'm going to do that all for free. That's not what I'm saying. Right. Okay. Got it. Well, I'm just curious what you said about, say about that, because I think that does get misinterpreted. Yes. Service that were specifically in the religious realm, it gets really misinterpreted where oh. they are just literally giving away hundreds of dollars. Now I will you know, speak for myself in that there was a time in my life about, about 12 years ago that I found myself in that kind of, I would call it, call it like environment where it was very much like give, 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 give your time, give your time, give your time. And I remember, like huh? Like a mandate? Ish. Yeah. It didn't stay that, but it was kind of an ish. Insinuated. Yeah. yeah, insinuated, but not like a, and then the moment I, like I wasn't doing well financially. And so the moment I started pulling back, they were like, whoa, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, well, I have these things called priorities. You need to. And so yeah. it got this really weird, like in my head of really what's that pendulum? Where's that find that sweet spot where it's like, I do want to serve and I do want to help others. And as you said earlier, which I did catch that being in the way you're, you're teaching it, which I'm still trying to grapple of being, being of service is selfish, which I'm like, Oh, tell me more about that. You know, cause I get that. That's a hundred percent true. So I believe that the best way to, create value and unlock relationships is to lead with service. 
Okay. Everybody is waiting for someone else to go first. You go to those cheesy networking events, which I've been to way too many of them in my earlier years, and everybody's standing there with their cards, waiting to give them out. Yeah, what like, like, what do you do? And they're just like really hoping you go short so they can like dump their elevator pitch on you. Like, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about that kind of cheesy interaction. I'm simply saying that at the end of the day, helping other people leads to trust. Trust is what causes people to make buying decisions. So the cool part about what I do is I do it from a pure place. Mm. I'm not doing it to manipulate anymore. I'm doing it because it brings me true joy and because I believe in this philosophy to my very core. I mean, this is my life's work. I'm not doing anything else. I'm, my whole mission in life is to show the world that if I, a former ruthless prick of a commercial real estate broker, can completely reinvent myself, and now build a culture and a company in an industry known for the opposite of selfless service and of proving that you don't have to be ruthless to win, then anyone else can do it. So it's this idea of it's selfish because it works. Mm. It's selfish because it drives bottom line dollars. Now, don't miss this. It's the long game. Yeah, no. Listening right now, going, okay, I'm going to do this strategy tomorrow, and all of a sudden I'm going to be a millionaire. No, that's not what I'm saying. It is a long game, and it reminds me, I tell this story all the time. Um, I was part of the Rotary back in Florida. I should do it again here in in Austin, just haven't. Hold on. Um, Hold on. Hold on. Can I stop you right there? Yeah. I don't believe in the word should. I think should is part of the problem when it comes to service. I think, I think if you don't come from a clear place of mm-hmm. no matter what, mm-hmm. I get to choose when and how I serve every single time, no exceptions. So anybody who's telling you you should or, or even your own mind that's going, man, I really should. No, the, the reason you're not doing it is because you shouldn't. You're doing naturally what you think is in your best interest anyways. So all I'm suggesting is mm-hmm. as a selfish strategy, Take on serving others, but don't do it manipulatively, which is why we teach the three levels of reinvention, reinvention from the inside out. Because if you're doing it as a tactic, it's nominally successful. If you really are loving and serving others and being strategic with your service, it's incredible what you can create. That's true. Okay. That's interesting. When I was part of the Rotary in Florida, I remember that part of the Rotary, like, uh, not rules, but, um, motto was serving and rotary comes from the fifties and the forties and it was very social and it was about helping other people. And you met once a week. And I remember when I first did it, I was like, why am I meeting with the same people every single week? You know, (laughs) and you know, but it's because it starts to create that bond and that trust and that connection. And um, I was in Florida and I was uh, about to go through massive uh, foreclosure bankruptcy. It was 2007. It's freaking out. Going to a rotary meeting, literally like in tears. And uh, I told, you know, to one of the guys, and then he walked over to, to talk to this other guy. This guy was like the super crazy. He was really funny, but super crazy. And he was the head bankruptcy attorney in all of uh, the Southeast. And he was the head bankruptcy attorney for Delta. Like the guy was like top attorney. Yeah. And I'm like, I didn't know that by the way. He was just like doofus guy that I had breakfast with once a week. Right. So he's like, come to my office tomorrow. Meanwhile, like it's all, I'm like, Oh, I didn't know you're like the owner of a partnership. That's like, it was insane. So I go and, um, he's like, makes one phone call to this bankruptcy attorney in town. 
boom, done. Everything's handled. It was just like, you know, something like that. I will never forget that guy. Because there's no way I would have been able to find this, this lawyer that he knew when one phone call I got in totally. was done for cheap, but amazing. And it was handled. Not like I want to go through that again, but when you're going through something that break and you just have someone who trusts and you just, the doors open and you're like, Oh my God, thank you so much. I'll never forget him. I don't know if I can do anything for him, but like never forget that ever. Uh, I would suggest that your example is as good of an example as I've heard anyone share with me, because that's what I'm describing. Yeah. It's, it was simple for him to do. Oh, yeah. It didn't take him a whole lot of time. And it was permanently impactful. It was one of those things where if anybody ever says, hey, I need a kick-ass bankruptcy attorney, you're going to dig through your phone, find this guy. You're going to say, this dude is unbelievable. Let me tell you what he did for me. Imagine doing that everywhere you go. And so I don't need a sales force because my sales force is every single person that I've served. And so are they all going to be as adamant about me? No, of course not. Some of them. They don't even care, right? But a lot of people appreciate when someone else does something nice for them, especially when they need it, which is often times of transition, you know, even a simple book. Like if I'm meeting with somebody and they tell me something they're wrestling with, I'll send them a book on the topic that I really love. I can't, that alone causes tear-filled phone calls sometimes, right? So it's like, it's like, but you have to be good at listening. You have to be good at asking questions. You have to be good at engaging with people to really understand where are those areas where this person really needs service. Yeah. I connect people with coaches all the time, right? Sometimes they, somebody just needs a good coach. And then they always ask, how'd you meet the coach? They go, Jonathan Kaiser, right? All I did was make a simple connection, but it was super, super meaningful to them. Helping, I mean, it, people like to talk about themselves. Let them talk, right? What's going on in your life? Ooh, my mom's in the hospital. Oh, I'm so sorry. What's the matter with your mom? She's got a rare heart condition. Oh, my goodness. How do you feel like it's going? Oh, man, it's doctor. Dude, you just got handed an opportunity to serve that person. Right now, you can say, I leverage my contacts to get them to the very best doctor. You do that for their mom, you're done. You'll never <laughs> want anybody else but you in whatever space that you do. So that's the mindset is like, get good at probing, at caring. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. And I, I love talking about this more, but we're wrapping up over time. Um, but I just want to say, where can people find you about your ruthless book? Ruthlessbook.com. By the way, I, I do think that, I'm using the word should because I am going to, but should consider getting like a, a little token, like the AA, you know, and be like, I'm 365 days no longer ruthless prick. You should have that. that is really good. Yeah, I'm going to put it up on ruthless book. You should, you should. Because I mean, it's good shit, I'm using that word, but it's, you know, it is, it is, it kind of proves your point, which is when you are selfless, you're not a, a prick. And, and, and I think that does help people. Um, and honestly, I do feel that when we give our time, energy, effort, our value and, but not let people use it, you no, know, no, no trampling, have those boundaries. I think it's yep. very healthy. Um, and, uh, I think that's that kind of that teeter totter balance of knowing that no, I'm 
know and being able to say, yes, I can help you here, you know? Yeah, I think the, I think the other simple point about it is, is the concept itself seems very straightforward. But the devil's in the details, right? Like it, it's, it's knowing how to do it effectively that most people miss. And so that's why we've, you know, if it was so easy, I'd just do a few of these podcasts with badasses like you and everybody would already be doing it. But it's not. There's nuance to it. And so that's why we've started the Kaiser Institute to teach and to train leaders on how they can implement this within their organizations. Because it's not just if they're entrepreneurs. It's also CEOs, CFOs, top business leaders, managers within their organizations where they're, they're going to increase the productivity of their business unit by utilizing these same principles. And so, mm-hmm. again, that's why we have the three levels of reinvention. That's the whole point of the Kaiser Institute is to help people down this path so that they don't try it, become you know disenfranchised and quit and say that never worked, but they can have somebody helping them along the way to get there. Because the best part of all this is now, instead of having to sell all day, all I do is serve. And to me, service is one of the greatest, most fulfilling things I can do. It feels good to help people. And if you can just help people strategically and have financial success doing so, it is the greatest thing I've ever experienced. And that's what I'm trying to teach the world is you can do this too, Mm -hmm. especially because I'm in arguably one of the most ruthless industries in the world. And I used to be one of the most ruthless people in the world. So if I can do it, so can you. If you, if you can overcome ruthless prickness, so can you. That's the tagline. Like make, you. Make America. No to do ruthless. some more stuff together. I know. Is that a hat? Make America no more ruthless prick again. Um, all right. This is Heather Havenwood, ruthlessbook.com. Go check out Jonathan Kaiser. Um, I really loved your time today. Thank you so much, Jonathan. I really appreciate it. Again, that's ruthlessbook, ruthlessbook.com. You'll find that in the notes. This is Heather Havenwood, like a boss. Be you, be real, be the boss of your life. Hey, it's Heather. Is your digestion feeling off? Are you often hungry even though you're eating enough and taking supplements? Are you struggling to burn off that last bit of stubborn fat that will not go away no matter how hard you diet or exercise? I guess I'm talking about myself here. See, it might be your gut. It was mine. That's why I am so excited to announce that P3OM, the Navy SEAL of probiotics, is now available at Energy with heather.com look tens of thousands of real people including myself has used p3om to manage constipation bloating gas acid reflux abdominal pain and much more look as you'll learn when you go to energy with heather.com p3om uses unique and patent strand that has been proven in lab tests to deliver the right bacteria to your gut So your body has what it needs to let go of all that fat. So look, what are you waiting for? Go to energywithheather.com. That's energywithheather.com. I just think right now, women, especially in business, this is the year of women. I just know that. Life begins at 150 grand a year. Life gets better at 250 and life gets real good at 500. Nobody can tell me differently on it. When you start teaching something, I feel like that's when you start to master the actual art of it. 
You and I, when we publish a book, we can go toe-to-toe with any of the New York trade publishers, any of the big-time authors, and we get to compete in that marketplace and then let the market decide whether our stuff is good. People forget sometimes as an entrepreneur, the whole damn point of entrepreneurship is to make money. And now here is The Win with your hostess, serial entrepreneur, marketeer, and chief sexy boss. Heather Havenwood. 